Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we want to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and the series The Life. And this is program number 44, The Light Part 4. And once again, who is the light? Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And a couple Mm -hmm. of times we've talked about how many how many different variations there are in regards to the metaphors about light, you know, and how spiritual light and spiritual darkness is parallel, runs parallel, you know, when you turn a light on in a room, it'll chase away the darkness. And Mm -hmm. spiritual light, if we allow it, will also chase away the spiritual darkness, Mm -hmm. but we've got to choose to let him in. Right. You want to open with a word of prayer? Sure. Uh, loving Father in heaven, we are so thankful that um, you are the light of the world, that you come with healing power and with power to reconcile us back to you in ways that we are totally unaware of. And we just ask now, Lord, that you would use this ministry and this programming to um, to reach people who are um, in need of you and in need of uh restoration and um we just ask that your spirit be with us as we we talk about you and be with everybody who's listening and lord we desire to um to see that day when you come and and maybe be found faithful so help us during this time to speak the right words and have um, the right principles in our minds and we thank you in jesus name amen amen thank you susan Mm um yeah so we're on the series the life, because we are discussing the life of of Christ, and and what we're going to be discussing today is a little uh, light in a little bit different form. It was a light that the that the Jews um, rejected because they had a preconceived idea. The Jews it believe believed that sin is punished in this life by God. In other words, if you were afflicted or any affliction, was regarded as a penalty of some wrongdoing, either of the sufferer himself or of his parents. And it's true that suffering does result from the transgression of God's principles, but it's also true that that has become perverted. Satan, the author of sin, and all of its results, had led men to look upon disease and death as proceeding from God, as punishment, arbitrarily inflicted on account of sin and you know pun uh, sin punishes sin right um i've got to get some dental work done yes why do i have to get dental work done why do you have to get dental work because done? i had dental work done about 20 years ago because i had problems with my teeth because i was a drug addict right and so 
the the results of that is you mess your teeth up and so i've got to go back now and i'm suffering the consequences of of choices from another life right yeah and it's not an arbitrary punishment no it's not something that you know uh, other other issues as well we you know we have uh we have conditions that have happened as a result of well uh, right and so you know when you stop and you think about both of us used for 25 years approximately 25 years and even though god made the body and your mind in a magnificent way how you treat it makes a difference it makes a difference there's consequences to everything and especially mentally and spiritually how you treat yourself and others have consequences on your mental stableness because we carry that around with us and like we've said before on this program if you're thinking angry thoughts you're teaching your brain to become an angry brain you're doing that to yourself right and it's it's not just a changing your brain quote unquote it's a genetic uh it's a genetic expression you're actually um changing at the cellular cellular level um how your body and how you react to things right so if you're if you're angry all the time then you're just reinforcing that and and that's who you become mm-hmm and so it's extremely important. And God made us that way for a reason. I mean, God made us to live eternally. Mm-hmm. He made Adam and Eve, right, to live eternally. Right. And, but it wasn't until sin came in and destroyed something in their minds. And from that point on, we've decided to walk down that path. So what happens now if we believe that 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 disease or or or... Or, you know, especially like back in the days of Christ when some people had leprosy or whatever, it, that we believe that that's an arbitrary punishment from God. What happens to us? We start to look at other people as being outcasts and punished by God. And that's what the Pharisees did. So they, Jesus is now hanging around people that that are outcasts. In other words, they are under God's quote-unquote curse. Right. Rather than just being someone that got leprosy, right. God afflicted them with that. Now right. you've got a God that is doing that to someone, and now you've got someone that you're accusing of of, of being not a child God, and he's an outcast, and he's, and he, you know, and then and the, the disciples ask, you know, who sinned, this guy or his parents? And Jesus says, you know, wow, you know, that's not how it is. Right, because, um, what would follow was the belief that a person had that if they had something horrible happen to them, they had that great sti- that oh, adi- yeah. added stigmatism of of being this great sinner. They were right. accused of being a great sinner, and this is how the way was prepared for the Jews to reject Jesus. Their 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 incorrect assumptions about pain and brokenness in this world they attributed to God as the creator. Of, of pain, of pain and brokenness and and right. arbitrary decisions to punish one person or punish one nation over another nation that they were they were the chosen ones they were the ones that were set up on a pinnacle but everybody else was lower than them mm-hmm. and that's very dangerous Jesus the one who has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, sorrows was looked upon by the Jews as stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, and they hid their faces from him. That's Isaiah 53, verses 4 and uh, 
4. And but the Bible says you esteemed him right. smitten of God. Right. You thought he right. was smitten of he God. He wasn't smitten he of wasn't God. He wasn't smitten of God. Humanity th- thought that he was smitten of God. Yeah, and humanity's who nailed him to the cross. Right. And and God had had given them a lesson designed to prevent all this. The history of Job has shown that suffering is inflicted by Satan and it's overruled by God for purposes of mercy. But Israel didn't understand that lesson. The same errors that God had chastised the friends of Job for was repeated over and over by the Jews and the rejection of Christ. So let's talk a little bit about the book of Job and mm-hmm. what went on there, because it's really important we understand what the devil was really accusing God of. Because mm-hmm. this, the book of Job is about the devil accusing God, believe it or not. Right. And using and using um, Job as kind of like the pawn, yeah. right, in the chess game. Yeah, they're having a meeting in heaven. And Satan shows up, and because he's the prince, was the prince of this world. Yeah, God says, "Where are you from?" And he says, "I'm from down there, the earth. That's where I come from, and I go up and down and to and fro. In other words, north and south and east and west. That planet is mine. Right. I own it. I own it. And and God says, "Okay." And then the devil says, "Well, God says, well, you say that planet's yours. You rule it. Well, have you considered my servant Job?" Right. Uh, he doesn't listen he to you. He hates evil. Yeah, so you don't own that planet. Right. I have I have someone down there. His name is Job. And then what is what does the devil say? Satan says the only reason that you have Job is because you give him stuff and you right. protect him. So in other words, you bribe him. Right. And to love he, you. Yeah. So in other words, he does not really love you. Right. You he you have to bribe yourself. The devil is attacking God at the very core of the principle of how God's universe runs. Right. God's universe runs on love, and God is telling Job because he knows Job's character. Right. God is telling Satan because he knows Job's character that Job, Job loves, loves me, me because he loves me. He loves right. me, and Satan says, "Okay." Take it away. Take right. everything away, and he'll curse you to your face. Right. In other words, you cannot run a universe based on love, God. Right. I'm sorry, but it won't work. You take away those goodies, and he'll curse you to the your face. Right. And what happens? God says, no, I'm not going to take the goodies away. Now, that's your job. That's what you do. You do, just, you do destruction. I don't. So the devil goes down, and he commits havoc with Job. Right. And he comes back, and Job is still on God's side. Right. And so the devil tries again, Well, right? yeah, so the devil says to God, well, the only reason, you know, it's because you're still protecting his health. Yeah, let me touch him. Right. Yeah. Let me cause pain. And how many of us have suffered through pain and disease? Right. And yet... You know, and it tests our faith in God. Sure. Well, that's what Satan wanted to do again because he he figured because Satan has had so, so much success with humanity that he figured he could trick Job once, just like he had everybody else. If he could just get him to the place where he was like on death's door, mm-hmm. you know, he would curse God. And God says, "You can go and do that, but you cannot take his life." Right. So God, so once again, the entire universe gets to see who's bringing, who's the, bringing calamity. the pain and the calamity. And once again, you know, and of course, at the end, Job is restored. Everything right. is restored back. Like and it's, so it's a great metaphor on what has happening on this planet right. with pain and misery and all that kind of stuff, where it comes from and what God's part in it is. And most of the time, it's for God's glory. 
Right. God's going to be glorified if we have patience with him and look at the big picture and see the end from the beginning is this pain and suffering that we're going through right now versus eternity is it's really not comparable, but we, it's hard for us to understand Right, because it's the only thing we know. You know, this is kind of a sidetrack, side but when you were talking about um, having everything, Job having everything taken away and, and yet staying true to God, it's almost kind of like a marriage, right? Your marriage vows through thickness and thin, through, yeah. through um, sickness and health or whatever. Sickness and death. Right, yeah, yeah so no matter what... And I think that that's what God was trying to show. No, um, Job and I are one. He loves me for me. And and it's just like I love my husband for him, whether we're rich or poor or mm-hmm. one of us are sick or whatever. That's never going to break the bond between the two of us because we have grown and we, we've gotten to know each other and we respect each other and we love each other. And I think that that's exactly the... That's what God wants. Yeah, and that's exactly what God was illustrating with the life of Job. Yeah. Even though Job didn't know everything because at the end he's like, okay, God... What's going on? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He God, said, God. you know, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm scraping the boils yeah. off of my skin and and Well, and, God has a talk with him and said, Hey, where were you with I when I built this planet? Right. And there's a Leviathan. There is a there's monster a out there. Above and, and, battles. Yeah. And that, that battle is between me and Leviathan, Job, and you're caught in the middle. And so uh yeah, God kind of describes it. There is an evil monster out there. And and so I I wonder as we go through our daily life, and I know that a lot of us know this, but are we able to see that Satan is the destroyer and God is God is the one that restores? Right. Yeah. And and, and it's it comes down to being that black and white. Yep. You know, that God is the light, Satan is the darkness, God brings healing and hope and healthiness, and Satan brings death, depression and destruction destruction and that's that's the two sides right and and the devil will like to cloak himself and try to make god look bad right and he will cloak himself as and try to make himself look good but all he has is the volume knob all he can do is and turn, lies and lies all he can do is turn his lies up and make them louder and louder that's all he can do because he doesn't have truth on his side right so he tries to flip things upside down and say oh it's not me god is the one yeah. who brings death yeah. god is the one who's destroying you god is the one that brings pain and suffering yeah. and that's that's the misrepresentation of the character of god that jesus came to this he earth came to, to clear it up right to clear up yeah the disciples they also believed that disease and death was an arbitrary punishment from God, and like we said, Jesus came to clear that up. We see we live on a we live on a dangerous planet. Bad things happen. Sin punishes sin, not God. God's the healer, and sometimes though, just bad things happen. We get cancer. We get in an accident. There, just sometimes we're you know. I mean, right? Because um, it happens, and and it mainly it comes from us living six thousand years removed from the Garden of Eden. Yeah, because Jesus said, "As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world." But yeah, you we you know it we haven't man has not attained to greater heights. It has continued to degenerate. Yeah. from the time of Eden, we're not getting better. We're we're continually um, 
Oh yeah, there's gene mutations. Right. There, you just... it, so so our lives and the pattern of humanity is continually falling. Yeah. We're not we're not getting As, better. We're or not smart. ascending. Right. No. We're we're falling. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, we don't recognize that. I mean, we may we may be gaining knowledge in a certain way, but our misuse of knowledge is going to be worse and worse as you know uh, right every the more that it, it's like the more ease that comes in the worse it is well it's progress it's going to make your life better and you know what life life is not as good as it was when i was growing up even though there were problems and issues when things were simple it was so much better mm-hmm. you know when you had to when you had to write a letter to somebody in order to communicate to them you wrote a letter you wrote a letter yeah, yeah it wasn't a text and and uh yeah yeah make sure the typewriter ribbon was <laughs> you know or whatever right those yeah. are the those are the or the chisel and the rock yeah right? we were talking earlier about you know going down to the when i first got clean and sober i had to go down to the payphone to call my sponsor right you know you had to have and, change and to have change yep. so you know you're clean and sober a couple of days or a couple of weeks you got no money mm-hmm. and in order to call your sponsor every night you got to find a payphone call him you know and that's that took Effort. Gotta, you just got to scrape up a quarter yeah, from somewhere, and then you got it. Yeah, and you may have to go without cigarettes in order to call the guy, and right. that was a real dilemma, right? You know, when all you got to, bu- I think I can't remember what the cigarettes were back then, but like you know, a buck or something like I'm, that. I'm thankful that we don't have that anymore because I think they're really expensive right now. Yeah, so it's sad that uh, it, that uh, nicotine is a it's a tough one. It'll yeah. get it's it was I didn't quit uh, my smoking addiction till. F- Four, a year after a year after I got clean and sober. Right, and for me it was several years. It was probably the hardest um, addiction for me to give up was the smoking. It just, it boy, it just had a hold on me, and it, yeah. it just took forever for me to to let it go. You know, that's one of those things that had scratch marks all over. Yeah, it. Yeah, claw just, marks all over yep, it. Yeah, I just didn't want to. Um, I don't know. Well, the quote unquote legal addictions, right, are very difficult to, to right, uh, you know, because. And and that's why I struggle when they when um, you know things like uh, marijuana is becoming legal and you know other kinds of drugs. So the government can or you know society can deem something legal, but it doesn't make it healthy. Can't make it healthy, right? We, you know we can pass laws to make it legal, but it can't make it healthy, right? So, so if so cigarettes are legal, but it doesn't make it good for the doesn't body, doesn't make it healthy, right? Um, yeah, so that's. I'm glad you brought that point. But I mean, up. you can watch television. It's legal to watch television, but it it's ain't going to make you healthy. It's not. Yeah, a lot of it's not healthy. <laughs> Most of it Most, isn't. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, and that's. So Jesus, he anoint, after anointing the eyes of the of the blind man, because remember the disciples, uh, they were they were they were concerned and they're asking questions. So Jesus, he anoints the eyes of this blind man and he sends him to watch in the pool of Siloam, and the man's sight was restored. And so Jesus answered the questions of the disciples kind of in a practical way. And that's usually how he answered the questions. Uh, in other words, you know, are you a healing God or, you know, what are you all about? You know, well, the blind man walks up and Jesus says, what is it you want? And he says, I want to see. And Jesus, okay, I can help you with that. I'm a healing God. 
I'll, I will heal you. Right. And, and it, well, and it's interesting because the disciples who had walked with him and who were the, his closest friends, they're the ones that, that asked the question, you know, who sinned? Yeah. Was it his parents or him? And, and, but Jesus wanted them to understand the power and mercy of God in giving sight to the blind. It was evidence there was no healing power in the clay or in the pool where the blind man was sent to wash, but the power was with Christ. Exactly. And, 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 and like you said before, once there are, once, once, uh, this world is broken. There's no pain-free options. And right. once Adam and Eve chose to turn from God and to make the devil their ruler, the planet has been broken ever since. Yep. And it's and there's no pain-free remedies right. to the things that we, the pickles we get ourselves in, and the pain that we inflict on ourselves and on other people. Right. Um, you know, once things are broken, there's no pain-free options to get well. Right. Um, and so. Uh, once again, now, this blind man, he gets healed, and the, the Pharisees are, are astonished at the cure, but they were heal, filled with hatred even more because the, he healed on the Sabbath day. Uh, yeah, a, a rule that, that, once again, Jesus broke. But it's funny because—not funny, but the neighbors of the young man who knew him before his blindness said, isn't this the man that sat and begged? They looked at him with a bit of doubt because his eyes were open, his facial expression had changed and brightened, and he looked different than he had ever before looked Okay, like. so let's talk about that. Why did the guy look different? Because his eyes were open and he saw things in a new way. So in this series and is on the healed. light, right? right? And yes. this, or these, la- these last couple of episodes, and that's why. Because a light came on. Right. And and you've seen it, and I've seen it, when, you know, when there's no light in someone's eyes and all of a sudden a light comes on, and you've been through it. I've when experienced Everything it. looked different. Right. The colors are brighter. Yes. Everything looked different. And so it is actually a good metaphor, even though he was literally blind Mm -hmm. and he literally got out to be able to see, when you're spiritually blind and you spiritually, your eyes are opened, everything changes as well. Right. The way we look at everything. Kind of like Paul when the scales fell off. Yeah, when the scales came, came off. He was actually blind when he was on the road to Damascus. Jesus and knocking him off his horse. When it was he saw a, that light. <laughs> it was a process for him right. to gain his spiritual sight back. Right. But see, we're not, we, just like Paul, he didn't know what he didn't know. Right. He didn't know he was blind. Right. So he was saying, Jesus blinded me. And Jesus is saying, I didn't blind you. This is the process of me opening your eyes. Right. Right. You've been blind. See, and a lot of us are marching, the Pharisees were marching along totally blind, so everything that they looked at was through a lens that was twisted, making Jesus look bad, even though he was looking fantastic to everybody he healed, he looked bad to the Pharisees. And I think that's that, you know, I think that that's the responsibility of us who believe in Jesus is, do we give the correct picture in our own life to people that are on looking towards Mm -hmm. us, right? Because I think sometimes we can live a double life. We can live a certain life when we're going to church or when we're around Christians, but then we live, you know, in a way that's not so flattering to God at other times. And God is saying, I need, I really want you to be genuine in your heart so that when what comes out of you is the right thing. Right. Yeah. And that's, once again, we talked about it last program. It has to do with surrender. Right. It needs to be our choice to let him in because he's standing at the door and knocking. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be our cho- Our character development. Our character development is that, is that it needs to be developed. It cannot be 
inserted right. or made, manufactured from someone else. Right, just like Jesus developed he and matured. Did, he, he matured through his lifetime, uh, and he he had struggles. And so do we want to participate in that maturation process, or do we want to um, reject it? And you see where he was fully matured was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. When he said, Lord, there's any way. I do not want to go through with this. Let this cup pass. Mm -hmm. And yet he held tight to the Father's will because he knew the Father's will. And he held tight. And and um, his character held true right. to uh, a, a sacrificial, giving um, character. Right, because his whole purpose of coming here was to give his life so that people could see God through him. Yep. And, and he gave in so many ways. He healed in so many ways. And, you know, we always go back to that woman that was thrown down in adultery. Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. You're doing a really good job on your own of that. And I'm uh, I'm class, I'm, uh, what do you call it? Ex First exhibit of the class. A. Exhibit A on that. I Nobody else needs to condemn me. I'll do a really good job on my own mm. we're gonna have to wrap it up folks you can give us a call 916-645-1297 if you need some resources let us know we'll ship out some books and you can go to our website which they'll give right after the program here and remember folks there's only two ways to live your life one is like nothing is a miracle the other is like everything is a miracle and you have the freedom to choose Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.